This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. And it is a good morning out there, although apparently there's some bad weather coming. 
and a very warm welcome to your Catholic Corner for the 12th of September or the 12th day of spring or the 24th Sunday in Ordinary Time on the Church's calendar. You're listening to FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. Your Catholic Corner is generously sponsored by the parish of St. Matthew's Hillcrest and my introductory introductory music was Michael Crawford singing Ave Maria or Hail Mary. Hail Mary, as last Wednesday was the feast of the Nativity of the Birth of Mary. And also Thursday was St. Peter Claver, Monday St. John Chrysostomum, and Tuesday was the Exaltation of the Holy Cross, and Wednesday Our Lady of Sorrows. The birth of Mary is an unusual one. There is no recognised record of her birth. There is one dubious account that says her parents' parents were Saints Joachim and Anna, and their childness was broken by a message from an angel that Anna would conceive. Legend perpetrates this story, but we presume her parents were exemplary and brought Mary up in her sinless state, that is, her immaculate conception, until we learn the very familiar story of an angel telling the Virgin Mary she would conceive a child who was to be the Son of God, Jesus. The birth of only three people are celebrated by Christians, Mary's son Jesus at Christmas, St. John the Baptist, who was visited in his mother's womb by the pregnant Mary and who foreshadowed the public life of Jesus, and this feast. But not her birth, but a song to acknowledge Mary agreeing to become the mother of Jesus. This is Michael Mangan singing, Mary Said Yes. Yes, 
Mary said yes. Now I said Thursday was a saint seldom heard of in New Zealand, but well revered in South America, the USA and Australia, with schools and, dedica- uh, schools and churches dedicated to him. And I'm talking about St. Peter Claver. St. Peter Claver was born in Spain in 1581 and died in 1654 in Colombia. He was canonised as recently as 1888 and his feast day, as I said, was September the 9th. He was a genuine Jesuit missionary to South America who, in dedicating his life to the aid of enslaved Africans, earned the title of the Apostle of the Negroes. Peter joined the Jesuits in 1602 and eight years later was sent to Cartagena where he was ordained in 1616. The miserable condition of the enslaved people aboard ships and in the pens of Cartagena South, Africa, South America's chief slave market caused Peter to declare himself the slave of the Negroes forever. He dedicated the rest of his life to alleviating their suffering. Accompanied by interpreters and carrying food and medicines, he boarded every incoming slave ship and visited the pens where he nursed the sick, comforted the distraught and terrified captives and taught religion. Despite strong official opposition, Peter persevered for 18 years, baptising an estimated 300,000 enslaved individuals. He also visited them on the local plantations to encourage their faith and to exhort their masters to treat them humanely. And during these visits, he often refused the hospitality of the plantation owners and instead stayed in the slave markets. He was canonised by Pope Leo XIII, who in 1896 proclaimed him patron of all Roman Catholic missions to African peoples. Peter is also patron saint of those in slavery and the Republic of Colombia. And as I said, um, he is commemorated particularly in uh, America and South America in churches and schools and otherwise. Now you're listening to Free 89 FM 89.0 Independent Community Media. And we'll leave the saints for a moment and I'd like to share a small item called The Measure of Man. This came to me in a memorial card for a friend that died. And it's so appropriate for all men, particularly as Father's Day has just passed. A measure of a man. The measure of a man is not determined by his show of outward strength or the volume of his voice or the thunder of his actions or of his intellect or academic abilities. It is seen rather in the terms of the love that he has for his family and for everyone the strength of his commitments, the genuineness of his friendships, the sincerity of his purpose, the quiet courage of his convictions, the fun, laughter, joy and happiness he gives to his family and to others, his love of life, 
his patience and his honesty and his commitment with what he has. And of course, for us, a measure of his faith and love of God, a measure of a man. So let us now, um, talking of how we live, let's hear Michael Mangan sing To Live Justly. said earlier, two forthcoming feasts are important this week. One is the exaltation of the Holy Cross, which is on Tuesday. The liturgy of the cross is a triumphant liturgy. When Moses lifted up the bronze servants over his people, it was foreshadowing the salvation of Jesus and salvation through Jesus when he was lifted up on the cross. 
Our church sings of the triumph of the cross, the instrument of our redemption. To follow Christ, we must take up his cross, follow him, and become obedient until death, even if it means death on the cross. We identify with Christ on the cross and become co-redeemers, sharing his cross. We make the sign of the cross before prayer, which helps to fix our mind and hearts to God. And we usually say it after prayer and the beginning of Mass, and quite often you'll see the devout, um, particularly the Pacific players in their rugby games, when they score a try to quickly make the sign of the cross. After prayers we make the sign of the cross to keep close to God. And during trials and temptations, our strength and protection is the sign of the cross. At baptism, we are sealed with the sign of the cross, signifying the fullness of redemption that we belong to Christ. Let us look to the cross frequently and realize that when we make the sign of the cross, we give our entire self to God, mind, soul, heart, body, will and thoughts. So everywhere, the cross. All Catholic churches and many non-Catholic ones have crosses on the roof, certainly have them prominently inside. There is a cross on the end of rosary beads, and Christian graves are often marked with a simple cross, especially in wartime um, and in situations where the only commemoration of the dead is a simple cross. Many wayside shrines and places of worship are symbolised by the cross, and many, if not all, people who wear a necklace of the cross recognise it as a holy symbol. Even in the many horror movies or the Dracula-type movies, the cross is recognised as a symbol of salvation. The exaltation of the Holy Cross is especially noteworthy for me. My present parish, or my present church, is St. Peter Chanel and Varden Road, and it combined with St. Joseph's in Fairfield to form a new parish, which is called the Parish of the Holy Cross. I grew up in Henderson, Auckland, and attended Holy Cross Convent, and then, which was then staffed by Sisters of Mercy, and our parish was Holy Cross Parish. The seminary for the priests, formerly at Mosgiel, now in Ponsonby, is the Holy Cross Seminary. Why Holy Cross? Of course, because our Saviour Jesus Christ, Son of God, died on a cross to redeem mankind and then rose from the dead in triumph to establish his divinity and to lay the foundation of the Christian faith. And as I said... Every Catholic church will have a cross on the roof and many crosses or crucifix with Christ's body displayed inside. Now, let's have another song from um, Michael Mangan. Uh, uh, And this is called, very appropriately, Look at the Cross.
look at the cross. And the final feast I'll talk about is the Feast of Our Lady of Sorrows. And this feast dates back to the 12th century and was especially promoted by Cistercians and the Servites, so much so that in the 14th and 15th centuries it was widely celebrated throughout the Catholic Church. And the feast was added to the uh, Missal by Pope Benedict XIII and put on the Roman calendar in 1727. In 1913, Pope Pius X fixed the day date on September the 15th. The title of Our Lady of Sorrows focuses on Mary's intense suffering during the Passion and Death of Christ. The Seven Dollars, the title by which it was celebrated in the 17th century, referred to the seven swords that pierced the heart of Mary. The feast is like an octave for the birthday of Our Lady on September the 8th. And the feast is dedicated to the spiritual martyrdom of Mary, Mother of God, and her compassion with the sufferings of her divine Son and in her suffering as co-redeemer. She reminds us of the tremendous evil of sin and shows the way of true repentance. May the numerous tears of the Mother of God be conducive to our salvation, and with tears Thou, O God, are able to wash away the sins of the whole world. And of course, thinking of our own mothers, um, while we hail Mary now as Queen of Heaven, think of the problems she faced in her life. Uh, how would you be if you had to wash your, watch your son carry a cross and ultimately die crucified on the top of a mountain. And as Mary stood at the foot of the cross on which Jesus hung, the sword of sorrow Simon had foretold pierced her soul. And we often talk about the seven sorrows of Mary, the prophecy of Simeon, where this old man predicted that she would suffer um, uh, many things in her life the flight into Egypt with her newborn baby to escape Herod, the loss of her child when he disappeared for three days before they found him in the temple, Jesus meeting, Mary meeting Jesus on the way to Calvary and his crucifixion and death on the cross, then his body being taken down from the cross and finally his burial. So for the sorrows of Mary. Now, unfortunately, it is time to finish. Thanks again to St. Matthews for sponsoring us. Do tune in next Sunday at 8.30 to FM 89.0 for your Catholic corner. And um, we have a few minutes up our sleeve, so we'll finish with Suzanne Prentice singing uh, The Old Rugged Cross. Dearest and 
Episodes, use the accessmedia.nz app for iOS and Android devices or subscribe to this podcast via Spotify, iHeartRadio or Apple Podcasts. This free FM podcast was brought to you with support from New Zealand On Air.